Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, hey, hey! Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I wanted to let you know that I wrote a book! It's called The Gift of Self-Love, and it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. You can order the book now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I have been working on this book for over a year, compiling everything that I've learned and everything I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is that this book is a combination of not only me sharing my journey, but also it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So there are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go order it now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools that I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, maryscupoftea.com slash book. Go order it today and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode. I am so excited for today's topic because it's honestly one that I've been simmering on for a while. I mean, it's been in my little spreadsheet for a couple of years, but aside from that, I've also been thinking about it for exactly two years ever since I entered this relationship with boyfriend, my current partner. And this topic is very personal to me because with full transparency and my commitment to being really honest with you, boyfriend and I were not perfect at the beginning. I can't say that he was like a body positive dude. I mean, he was just like a normal dude, you know? And unfortunately, because so many of us, I would say all of us, grow up in diet culture, boyfriend also internalized a lot of those messages. And we've had a few slip-ups and even full-blown fights about some of the things he said or some of the things I misunderstood or me getting really triggered and my eating disorder coming back up and telling me shit inside my head that wasn't true at all. And also a lot of it was him just not being educated. Um, So I just want to say that because if you, I didn't even tell you today's podcast topic, but I suppose you know from the title of this episode, today we are talking about dealing with diet culture when it comes to your romantic relationships. So um, something that I hear so much from the women who come to my retreats or the students that I work with at online retreats and workshops, I hear a lot that like, hey, I'm on this self-love journey and I've given up on dieting and I'm trying to love myself, but my partner, and more often than not, I hear my boyfriend, so the male counterpart, is very diety. Like they're very much, you know, thinking about their body or talking about losing weight or going to the gym a lot and being really obsessed with fitness and I think that with men, body image struggles show up a little bit differently. For one, I feel like it doesn't haunt them every minute of their life. Again, this is just a generalization. So of course, this is not for everybody. But in general, the men that I've experienced, talked to, and even dated, 
I feel like they have body image struggles, but the difference is that they don't tie their worth so much to their body. So it's much easier for them to kind of brush them off and like move on with their lives, but it still always comes back up, you know? And the way that I feel like that's expressed is this desire to change their bodies, but not necessarily be smaller, but more so be like fitter, buffer. I would even say like bigger. So their whole complex is about taking up more space in this world, right? Whereas ours, you know, just historically because of the way we've been socialized is a lot about taking up less space in this world. So anyways, all of that aside, I just want to acknowledge that this is something that is so very real and is probably happening in every single relationship. And like I said, me and boyfriend we're not like this perfect body positive couple. And if you're in a heteronormative relationship, it's kind of like, I don't know, I can't even picture because boyfriend and I met on Hinge. Um, I can't even picture like meeting a guy in this day and age and having them be totally on board with body positivity from the very get-go, at least not the men that I've experienced in the cities that I have lived. Again, I live in northern Arizona. I find that it is very like image-focused, image-driven. Maybe it's the type of guys I go for. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) my long drawn-out way of saying that I get you. I feel you. I've been through it. And I finally had a moment to like sit down and write out the biggest things that have helped me and my relationship create a very, um, I suppose, safe and honest and even body positive environment. And I do not say this lightly. Like, you would not believe how far Stan has come from the time I've met him. Like, you literally would not believe. I mean, like I said, he was a normal dude. (laughs) He wasn't mean or anything, but he definitely had moments where he would criticize his own body again in different ways. And it was like little things here and there that were supposed to be funny. Like, I remember this one time we hung out with my best friends and they were like, let's do a pool day. And this was like a few weeks into our relationship and Stan's like, oh, well, if we're going to do a pool day, I'm going to need more time to get my summer body ready. (laughs) Like literally as cliche as it sounds, that's exactly what he said, because unfortunately that's what's going through so much of people's head. And, you know, we kind of laughed a little bit, but not really. And then we talked about it later and yeah, like clearly it's something that was in his head. And I remember Another situation where I think some girl was like jogging down the street and he made a comment on her body, nothing like mean, but he just like pointed out her body. Like he said something like, I don't know, like, oh, she's so thin, she's going to disappear or why is she running or something like that, you know, so clearly insensitive. And of course, I lost my shit (laughs) in a very productive way. I don't mean like I flip shit, but I definitely was not happy with that remark and it definitely ignited a lot of conversations about, you know, here's why this is not okay. Here's why I don't appreciate you commenting on other people's bodies. Um, Here's why I would love if you didn't criticize your own body either because I love your body. And on the flip side of that, besides like, you know, just that I want you to love your body too, it's also triggering to me when you put something like a pool day with my friends, which is supposed to be this fun experience and shift the energy into like 
what do I look like? Because it instantly makes me think about what am I going to look like in a swimsuit? So anyways, all of that to say that that's literally how he used to be. And now like I have never, (laughs) I never, ever, ever thought that he could change so quickly and that he could grow and receive this message with so much love. And like I said, this has happened like I would say like three to four times where we've had to have, we'd have, can't talk. We've had to had, had to have, why can't I talk? We've had to have, we've had to have a very serious conversation about this particular topic of diet culture and fat phobia showing up in our daily language. And so from those few pretty emotionally charged and stern conversations that I've had with him, he was always so receptive, very apologetic, like definitely, definitely understood what I was trying to say. And it feels like, you know how sometimes people just like apologize just to get you to shut up? (laughs) It felt the opposite from that. Like it felt so genuine. And I remember talking to my best friend I literally could not believe it. I was so not used to somebody being open and receptive and making me feel safe and receiving feedback like a fucking boss, (laughs) excuse my language. But truly, I mean, I feel like the men I've dated before, they would instantly put up their guard and they would start getting defensive and they would be like, that's not what I meant and blah, blah, blah. And it's your fault that you get triggered. Like that's the kind of shit I used to always deal with. And so the fact that he was just so receptive and compassionate and actually changed for the better through those conversations just gives me so much hope. I mean, on one hand, I feel like I found a gem, like one of a kind, love him so dearly, and I've found my person. Um, And on another hand, it also makes me have so much hope for our men who maybe don't get it from firsthand experience. Like they don't understand how much, how hard it is to be a woman growing up in, in the society with diet culture and the patriarchy and fat phobia. And if you're intersecting identities, racism and socioeconomic status and and ableism and all of that goes into play. Like I think that most people don't get it. And I would say especially men. Um, but it just gives me so much hope that through conversations and by opening our hearts up and by expressing what we feel and setting really strict boundaries and being really firm on what's not okay to say, you can actually create a very, very safe environment in your relationship. So if you are in, you know, a relationship with a partner who is diety or they're still kind of, they just aren't getting it, I hope this podcast episode can give you some tips and tools as to how you can actually talk to them and help them understand a little bit better. And so I want to start this off. <laughs> Look at me. I want to start this off 10 minutes in, <laughs> but I do want to start this off by doing a little safety check. So before you open up any conversation with anybody, like before you're telling somebody how you feel, you have to make sure you feel safe doing so. Um, Because to put it very bluntly, some people are just not worth the effort. So the question is, is this person 
that you're dating or in a relationship with or married to, or maybe they're just close to you in general, are they worth the time, energy, and emotional bandwidth for you to like start this whole process with them? Like, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes, if, for example, I dated a guy right before Stan and we were only dating for like maybe three, four months. And he was like very like into fitness and he wasn't so much diety, but he definitely had like body stuff. Like he was always like, oh, your body's so hot. Or he would be like, I need to lose some weight. And a lot of things were body focused, right? So I didn't really appreciate it, but I knew that I didn't see myself being with this person very long at all. And it was kind of just like a little fling. And (laughs) to put it really, really honestly, like I did not care enough to bring it up. And not only that, but I also didn't feel safe to bring it up. Like I knew in my heart that he would never get it no matter how hard I tried and we weren't really meant for each other at all. And, you know, I just like didn't care. So my coping mechanism to that was just to like ignore his little remarks, right? And maybe that's what you've been doing, but you actually see a future with this person. Or maybe this method is working for you where you're just kind of like, brushing shit off, ignoring it. You know this isn't a serious relationship and you're just like, eh, whatever. Not worth my effort, right? So you have to like do that little safety check within yourself. But I knew with Stan and when I met him, like I knew that we were so, so for real. And if we were going to continue, I had to bring this up sooner rather than later. And so because of that, I also knew that the reason why (laughs) we were you know, why I was so committed to making this work as a long-term relationship is because he's always made me feel so seen and safe and supported in other ways, right? So I knew that there was so much potential there. And and I knew that if I were to open up to him, he would eventually understand, or at the very least, he would try to. So I want you to ask yourself that. Like, do you feel safe with this person? Are they worth the effort? Do I see this relationship going anywhere over the long term? And should I invest my emotional energy into it from the beginning, right? Like no point trying if you don't see any potential. Does that make sense? So just make sure that you're not expending your energy for people who aren't worth it or who will never get it or who are super duper closed off. And that's just not worth it. You know, Um, I think the same goes for any relationship. Like there are certain people in your life that you can't really get rid of (laughs) and you can't really change because they're so freaking stubborn and they don't even try to understand you. And for those people, you almost have to set an emotional boundary as opposed to like a physical boundary, right? And the emotional boundary is just I'm going to remove myself from the situation every time they talk about this topic, or I'm just going to limit my contact with them, or I'm just going to, you know, roll my eyes internally and then brush it off and move on with my life because I just don't have the bandwidth to deal with it right now. And that is totally a valid option. So I just want to empower you to like do that assessment and decide, are they worth it? And if you decide that they are, Here are some communication tools that will help you express to your partner how to be less diety and how to actually see why this is so freaking important and why the diet cultured remarks that they make or the behaviors they engage in, or maybe you're suspecting that they're kind of 
on like this disordered eating bandwagon and some of the things they're doing to themselves aren't healthy. Here's some ways that you can actually talk to them about it so that they're receptive to it and not closed off. So first and foremost, I just want to make it clear that this is going to involve a very vulnerable conversation. There is no other way to approach this situation besides talking to them. And I know you're probably rolling your eyes and you're like, Mary, (laughs) that is so cliche. If you're just going to tell me to talk to them about it and that's all, like, I mean, you think I haven't tried that? And my answer to that is I know you've tried. I know that we each have our own ways of communicating with people without necessarily like sitting them down for a very serious conversation. So maybe you're like, Mary, I've tried that. I mean, I got pissed off that one time that they said one thing or I told them to stop or I rolled my eyes or they should know that this upsets me. And I totally understand. And a part of me hates that it's kind of up to us to like bend over backwards and, you know, find all these different communication strategies and reiterate. And sometimes it just feels like you're saying the same thing over and over and over again. And you're wondering why they don't get it. Um, So I, I totally hear you there. And I know the frustration. And There might be some ways to communicate with your person that will actually help the both of you. So what I want to ask you is, when you've brought it up, were you clear with them? Did you communicate everything on your heart? Like, did you let it all out? Did you express exactly what you were feeling and why you were feeling that way? What was the call to action? Meaning, what did you want them to do after you told them about whatever you were feeling? Like, did you want them to fix it? Was there some sort of follow-up action that they could do to mitigate the situation? And what were the consequences that you outlined? So I know you're like, Mary, what is all this shit? (laughs) Here's what it is. So I I think you heard me kind of emphasizing the, the C words, and those are being clear, communicating everything. So not holding back or not trying to be nice or not being afraid to hurt their feelings. The call to action, like making sure that you're actually making a very clear request after you express your heart to them, and consequences. So i.e. every time you set a boundary, there have to be some sort of consequences for people not following through on that boundary, or else they're just going to forget. At first, they'll just forget. Then they'll realize that you didn't really do anything about it. Then they're going to take that as a sign to keep doing what they were doing. And then they're going to stomp all over you. (laughs) And anybody who's been in a toxic relationship of any sort, or if you just have a really hard time, if you're like me and you just have a hard time setting boundaries because you're too afraid to hurt somebody. And so you end up kind of sacrificing yourself instead. If that's the case, then you need to be extra diligent about following through on those consequences. So here's an example. Let me take that situation that happened two years ago between boyfriend and I when we were driving and this girl lady was 
jogging down the street in her sports bra, and he instantly made a comment on her body, something about how small she was. And I found it triggering because, A, I just hate when people comment on women's bodies in general, and B, you know, especially just pointing out that she was so little and jogging and it just wasn't okay. And I'm sure you can see why. So anyways, first of all, being really clear, starting off with like, hey, that was not okay. Communicating everything is like, here's why it was not okay. Okay, well, babe, when you said that, I got really triggered because exactly what I just said to you, because I just don't like how people comment so much and think it's okay to comment on women's bodies all the time when they're just existing, like just going on a jog and everybody thinks that it's their right to make a comment. And it also really triggered me and my old eating disorder because you pointed out how small she was, which made me think that you somehow valued that. And clearly I'm a lot bigger than she is. And you know, it made me feel insecure and just being really vulnerable about that and really honest. And I know it feels scary to like admit our insecurities, right? But unless you make this personal, it's not going to land with your partner. It's just not because they're going to take it as an attack instead of taking it for what it is, which is you expressing your feelings. So this is not about educating them. This is not about changing them. This isn't even about making them more body positive. This is about you expressing your true feelings, your needs, your wants, sharing vulnerably and opening yourself up to somebody, especially somebody that you already said you see a long-term relationship with, and learning how to be very proactive and very communicative on what you need from your relationship. So basically sticking up for yourself, right? And so you have to make it about you. And when you're communicating everything, you have to express clearly why this is so important to you. Why is this so triggering? This is a perfect moment to open up about maybe some of your past, your experiences, what you've learned, but don't make it about anybody else besides you. So this is not a you fucking dick, I can't believe you commented on her body. Like, don't you have anything better to say? And you're not body positive and you this and you that. I mean, obviously any person is going to take that as an attack. Whereas if you talk about I, like I feel like this, I feel like that. I know this feels so elementary school because we learned this in elementary school (laughs) um, about using I statements. But this is where they very much come in handy because the only way to get to get somebody to understand you is to actually make it about you. And so a lot of people say, well, yeah, I told them how I felt. But a lot of times you didn't tell them how you felt. You told them about how they should act. And just like we don't like being shut on, right? Other people don't like being shut on either. So one thing that I heard years ago is don't remember who it was from, so I'm so sorry that I don't know the source, but I heard this quote that I've always carried with me, um, especially when it comes to communicating. It said, you can say whatever you want as long as you say it with love and respect. I know somebody is going to twist this and be like, no, well, you can't say whatever you want, even if you say it with love and respect. 
you know what I mean. As long as your intentions are pure and you know where you're coming from and you're actually there to better the relationship, right? And you know that in your whole heart and soul, then you can say things that might be difficult, that might be uncomfortable to hear, that might be even more uncomfortable to confront. But as long as you say them with the utmost respect and so, so much love for both yourself and your partner, then you have every right to communicate that, okay? So that's what I mean by communicating clearly exactly what you feel. So those are the first two parts to it. And then the third component is making sure the conversation leaves off with some kind of call to action. And I know this is like, sounds so simple and you're like, they should understand this. But again, (laughs) a lot of people need things written out black and white. And you also need to know for yourself that like, hey, I told you, I was very clear with you. I told you exactly what to do. And I've done the most I could, you know, like you really want to know that for yourself. So something that I would say, like in that particular situation, and probably something I did say along these lines is, hey, next time or never, can we just never comment on other people's bodies? And here's where I'm telling you that our relationship was not perfect. I think this was a moment where um, boyfriend felt a little shut down. He was like, well, what are you talking about? Am I supposed to filter everything I say? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Valid. Can totally see why somebody would take it that way. And I went back to communicating why this was so important to me. Okay. Well, babe, I just feel like there's so many other things to talk about. Honestly, it's a little boring to me. <laughs> I love using that word. A lot of people get like I don't know. A lot of people remember that word. When you tell somebody that this conversation is boring, can we talk about something else? People tend to remember that. So anyways, I was like, this is boring to me. You know, my life's work is empowering women and trying to take the focus away from our bodies. And you commenting that, you know, is not only triggering to me, but contradicting to my message. And I'm really trying to make this world a better place. And I just don't think that was necessary. Do you think it was necessary? Like what good came out of that comment? And again, like notice how I'm firm, I'm sassy, (laughs) but still it's with so much love and it's really, really genuine. Like truly what good came out of that comment? And I think he found himself a little stumped and he was like, okay, like you're right. I get it. Let's not talk about other people's bodies unless it's in some sort of positive way you know? So that's where we really left off with, but making sure that's a clear call to action. Some other calls to actions, and I talked about this in um, an episode that I recorded last year. It was called Setting Boundaries with Diet Culture, but it's very similar to this one, but it's mainly about how to communicate to your like diety friends and family members and how to make sure that you can go to a family gathering without losing your shit, but also standing your ground. So if, you, if you're struggling with that in particular, you can go back and listen to that. But where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, like some examples of calls to actions. So some things you can request of people is, for example, hey, let's not talk about this. That's a very clear request. Can we just not talk about this particular topic, right? Um, that's a really good one. Another one could be I had a client years ago and her partner was always buying these like uh, protein bars, but they were like, you know, think thin and 
all with all kinds of like diety Logans or like 0% low fat yogurt or like diet shakes and whatever. And they were just all over the house. And she found that she like couldn't escape from that environment. She was really trying to heal. But obviously we like subconsciously absorb all these messages. So his products, his diety products were making it really hard for her to find peace in her own kitchen, which is totally understandable. And we came up with a solution where he kept his, you know, protein bars or diet shakes in like a separate part of the pantry, like in a box. And again, like this isn't, you know, let's tiptoe around each other and bend over backwards and hide things and whatever. This is more of, does your partner have enough respect for you to support you in your self-love journey? Do they? If they do, then it should be a no-brainer for them to put their protein bars in a box. Like, are you kidding me? That is such a small request. And I think a lot of people blow these requests like so out of proportion and for whatever reason they they feel so attacked and it I think for for most people it's simply principle and just feeling like being on the defense instead of being on the same page but again if you had like a good productive conversation and you know that they are there to support you then they should be happy to do something like that for you so don't be afraid to ask your partner for what you need. You just have to first be very clear on what that is because where the gap is going to lie and where a lot of friction can be created is if you're feeling agitated, right? And you don't know how to communicate it and you don't know what you want them to do about it. So you're feeling anxious and they're feeling like they can't help you and they don't know what to do about it. And so everybody is kind of in this very emotionally charged state when it could really be simple. It could be like, yo, stop. (laughs) Let's not do this. Let's not talk about this. Let's keep this out of the house. Let's keep that out of our relationship. Hey, can you do this for me? It would really help support me. Relationships are about doing things for each other. And these are very simple yet powerful requests that are going to support you in recovery, in your anti-diet journey, in your body acceptance journey, in the whole self-love thing. And your partner needs to be on board. And if they're not, that's a totally different conversation and another podcast episode topic. But I just really want to empower you to not be afraid to express what you need. And lastly, the last C that we talked about is about consequences. So what's going to happen if they don't follow through, right? I'm not talking about slip-ups. Obviously, they happen. You know, we've been conditioned for so long that sometimes things just (laughs) come out of our mouths that we don't mean to. That is totally normal. And you just remind the person of the conversation, remind them to follow through on the request and move on with your life, right? But don't ignore it. But some other consequences is like, what is going to happen if I feel like you're doing this on purpose? If you're not putting in any effort, if your partner is not putting in any effort to help you out or to be on the same page as you, what's going to happen? Are you going to start, I don't know, eating dinner separately because they can't keep diet talk off of the dinner table? Or are you going to reconsider the relationship? or your role in it if something doesn't change, if this is something that's really, really affecting you. Hopefully, of course, it doesn't get to that point, but there has to be some sort of 
consequence to your boundary. And this is something that I've had to work on in therapy a lot because I'm working on setting boundaries in general in my life, um, but more particularly when it comes to social media and also um, in my personal life with some of my very close family members. So some of the consequences that I've had to learn to express and follow through on, which has been the hardest part, is getting up and walking away. (laughs) And the more times you get up and walk away, that person is like, okay, they're serious. Maybe I should stop being a dick. (laughs) And sometimes that's all it takes. Um, Other times it may take a little bit more, some more serious conversations. But like I said, if your partner's on board, if you really feel safe and seen and supported by them, then it shouldn't get to that point. But don't be afraid to employ some consequences. And sometimes, you know, you got to do it once to make them know that you are for real about this and that you're really going to stick up for yourself first and foremost. So I hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, please let me know by screenshotting it and tagging me in your Instagram stories or sending us a message on at Mary's podcast. If you don't follow that podcast account, you might want to follow it because we have some cool, fun content going out up there. And I just really love where that Instagram is going because it kind of feels like the podcast is like this separate entity outside of me, Mary, like personally. So anyways, um, go follow that page, tag me. And if you haven't done so already and you have 60 seconds to spare, I would greatly appreciate if you left a review on iTunes. Um, Those reviews just help our podcast rankings so, so much. And I'm working on trying to get grow the show and get sponsors because it's just getting to a point where it's taking a lot of resources and um, it's something that I do as a passion project, but I would not be able to do this without your support. So if you have a minute and you can leave a short review on iTunes and let us know what you think, that would mean so, so much. So anyways, I hope you love the show and I will talk to you soon. Hey, 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 I wrote a book. It's called The Gift of Self-Love, and it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. You can order the book now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I have been working on this book for over a year, compiling everything that I've learned and everything I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is that this book is a combination of not only me sharing my journey, but also it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So there are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go order it now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools that I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, maryscomatee.com slash book. Go order it today and give yourself the gift of self-love.